Hello and welcome back to the My Entertainment World podcast. Today we're here with our first theater installment of the podcast and we're talking to the head of our New York My Theater branch, Teresa Perkins, who is, knows everything about Broadway and is here to talk about the Tony Awards and nominations were announced this week. Teresa, how's it going? Pretty good. I am really excited to be chatting about the, the Tony Award nominations because it was such an exceptional year on Broadway, both with plays and with musicals, but it, it never fails when the nominations come out. There's always a lot of drama and and discussion about who got snubbed and who, you know, who really just did exceptionally well the nomination committee, so... So, obviously, we're not going to bury the lead. We have to talk about, right off the top, 16 nominations for Hamilton. Do you feel like the record is deserved? <laughs> I absolutely. Uh, Hamilton has really, I think, redefined what the best of Broadway can be. Um, it, it sort of came along and everyone, you know, had these inklings that there was a small musical about a founding father that <laughs> Lynn was working on. Because we're best friends, apparently I can call him Lynn. Everyone um, can call him Lynn. He's just that kind of guy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and 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 you know there were people talking about it was going to be a rap musical, and no one was quite sure what to do with that. But then it, it's sort of exceptional how, in addition to having obviously a very diverse and unique and extraordinary cast, they Lynn Manuel Miranda really took you know two polar opposite concepts and fuse them where you have this this historical founding father narrative tale that's based on a biography that's gigantic um, <laughs> about Alexander Hamilton and rather than turning it into something like uh, 1776 he completely goes the other end and has hip-hop rap um, classical music Candor um, and Ebb and all kinds of different musical influences and he just really combines everything into a an exceptional show that everyone can find something to identify with so uh 16 nominations i think they're all very well deserved and i'm sure that that hamilton will do very well at what people are already dubbing the hamiltonies (laughs) um the hamiltonies that's amazing yeah i mean we didn't even need really to wait for the tony award nominations to feel the impact of hamilton just if you look at ticket sales and album sales and they've already got the grammy they've already got the pulitzer they've already got all these things um even beyond but including the success at the tony award at least for the nominations what do you think hamilton's success will mean for broadway and even the tonys moving forward I mean, I think one of Hamilton's sort of expected legacies is that it, it has sort of, it, it really has redefined what can get on Broadway and what can do well on Broadway. You know, for years and years and years, we just, there was a, there was a tendency to just sort of recycle concepts and, and constantly putting on, you know, movies and books and just mm-hmm. throwing those up because we knew that they had worked in a previous different format. Um, with audiences and, and Hamilton, Hamilton's really different. You know, it showed that a you can attract non-musical theater people to the theater <laughs> um, if you have a great story and great music and strong storytelling. Um, and I think that that, as long as it continues and people continue to embrace that sort of artistic and creative design, we're going to see a lot more interesting work going on to Broadway and not just the same sort of rehashed revivals over and over and over again. Um, 
So I think I think that's going to be Hamilton's defining legacy, and I think the Tony Awards that's going to garner are going to be sort of icing on the cake for that. But I, I think that its real legacy is the the impact in the artistic community um, and and in the production community that it has made. It's also been such an important uh, piece of history in that it's brought a lot more diversity to. Broadway, but also even just beyond Hamilton, it is a really, if you look at the nominations this year, The Color Purple did incredibly well. There's a lot in the plays as well of diversity on Broadway. When you compare that to something like the Oscars, uh, what do you think uh, is happening in terms of the sort of dichotomy between the diversity that we're seeing on our stages versus the diversity we're seeing on our screens or the lack thereof? You know, that's that's a great question. And I there are a potential numerous reasons why maybe the, the film industry hasn't quite gotten to where the, the theater community is with diversity. Um, I think one of the reasons may have to do with the fact that the film industry, especially in recent years, has gotten more and more focused on, you know, the, the fifth installment of some superhero mm-hmm. action packed film that everyone will go and see because films are so expensive and for some reason, Hollywood has this idea that you have to fit a very narrow image in order to sell to the mass population, which I don't think is true. And I think the beauty of the theater is that you have smaller houses to fill. Um, while it is expensive to put on these Broadway shows, it's not anywhere near as costly as it is to put a film together or, or to run a TV show. And... So I think that there's a little more leeway to experiment um, and, and to, to put together these wonderful, diverse casts. And then the fact that people are going to see them, I think, shows that there is a demand for them. Um, and, and there's always going to be a demand for talent if you put it in front of people. And so I think that hopefully some of this will begin to, you know, maybe trickle down into television prime time and we'll move on into into movies um i think we still have ways to go in that respect but it's great to see as you mentioned you know eclipsed and color purple spring awakening where we had you know deaf west production mm-hmm. there's different cast. types of diversity exactly yeah, Allegiance um, earlier in the season, which predominantly Asian casting. It's it's really fantastic to see that that this community has sort of embraced this concept, and the hope is that it will continue. Um, obviously, this is just one season, but I think I think it's a great start, I think um, and I'd love to see it. So Sorry. There's also something to be said, I think, for uh, Hamilton, I think, is a really big endorsement for almost rejecting the idea of an established star system, right? Like, maybe Lynn aside, because he did have the hit with In the Heights, but even then, that was really just one show. Other than him, there's really only one established Broadway, you know, quote-unquote classic Broadway star in the show, and it's whoever is playing the king, notably Jonathan Groff started it off. Um, and everybody else mostly is, if they're not making their debut, they're not at, they're not known as a huge star. And that I think is really contributing to the diversity as well. And certainly introducing lots of new stars that are going to then sort of open their own shows down the road and be an endorsement for finance, financiers and that sort of thing. 
but they're starting on Hamilton when they took a big gamble on Mm non-stars. Yeah. And I I think that's one of the great things about having the public in New York and, and we see so many of these shows, even this year, you know, eclipsed and, um, and Hamilton both came out of the public theater and the public is, it's a nonprofit that it, it has star talent, but it also develops star talent. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things they focus on. And the more that, you know, they can sort of develop these smaller projects into these amazing, strong source material plays and musicals, um, I think the better they'll be able to draw in new and exciting talent and, and put them in front of people because people are drawn to the source material. You don't need, you know, Hugh Jackman. Love Hugh Jackman, but you don't need <laughs> Hugh Jackman in, in, on your marquee to get people to come into your theater if the story is compelling enough and the music is good enough. Well, speaking of uh, developing talent as opposed to sort of more established stars, uh, I'm thinking that the featured actor in a musical category is really interesting this year with half the category being Hamilton stars. We're pretty sure it's going to go to one of them. The My Theater Award this year you gave to David Diggs in this category, who is a newcomer to Broadway. He's facing up against Broadway baby Jonathan Groff. Do you think there's a way David loses this? So there's, there, there is a split camp. And if, if you've seen Hamilton and I've, I've been lucky to go a number of times now, Jonathan Groff's character is, a scene stealer, oh, you know, yeah. it's just it's <laughs> one of those characters. Everyone will love him. Um, it's so well written. He was so great with his comedic timing on it that it's, it's easy to love him in that role. Um, he is actually only on stage. I believe, and you know, I, I think it's about 16 minutes <laughs> and it's one song repeated three like, times. <laughs> Right, right. Out of what is nearly what, like a, a almost three hour musical. Yeah. Um, whereas David Diggs plays two different characters. He's on stage almost all the time, the entire show, and he does it exceptionally well. He's he's a guy who he when he raps, you are drawn to him. He can sing. He is funny. He delivers the he best does. line in the show, in my opinion, which is "You are the worst, Burr." <laughs> the way he delivers his lines is just spot on. So I'm going to give this one to David. I would, I would be happy, you know, Jonathan Groff and, and Chris Jackson as, as uh, Washington is also excellent in, in the show. But I think, I think David wins this one. Um, also in part, because you have to keep in mind, Tony voters haven't technically seen the shows to vote for them yet. So Jonathan Groff has already left the cast Um, and it's been replaced. So it's possible that there are Tony voters that won't even have an opportunity to see him in that role, which could also hurt his chances. Um, Another really interesting matchup is that Hamilton is facing off against itself in another category it's very likely to win is Best Actor in a Musical. We've sort of talked about this before, how Lynn is probably going to win 10 awards. That'll cushion the blow of losing to Leslie Odom Jr., right? (laughs) I mean, I, I think that's right, and I, I would love to see, a, 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 you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda is, is un, unmatched. He will win <laughs> lyrics, and, and he will win for best book. Um, but I think I would love to see Leslie Odom Jr. Um, win this part, and it's funny because I, 
Lin-Manuel Miranda's come right out and said that he wrote his best songs for Leslie Odom Jr., Aaron Burr's character. <laughs> um, you know, Room Where It Happened is brilliant. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. a brilliant number. And, and you know, Leslie Odom Jr. kills it. And so I, I think between the two of them, he definitely edges it out. Now, there there is some debate. Um, if Tony Ward voters split between Lin-Manuel and Leslie Odom Jr. on the Hamilton front, it's possible, although unlikely, <laughs> that maybe Danny Burstein could come out of nowhere really? and get one for Fiddler on the Roof, who's, I mean, he's he's a perennial favorite. He's a fantastic actor and great in Fiddler. Um, but we'll have to see. I, I think I think if one of them loses it, I, I you know... It, it'll probably be because they, they split the voters. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. And Fiddler, like, Tevye is such a fascinating role, too. I yeah. think we overlook it, sort of. We get this idea in our heads that Fiddler's kind of like an old-fashioned, kind of silly musical. But right. there, it's such a funny role, such a dramatically demanding role. And the vocals are a little bit easy, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, so that, that would be really interesting. And kind of, I mean... That might be, I, I threatened I was going to bring this up, but that might be an upset not unlike when Avenue Q beat Wicked. Like, I will never get over it. That's, you know, it's true. <laughs> it's true because it, everything comes down to this little short period of time and, and you know, people people do vie for those, those awards and you never know what will happen. Um, do you think, okay, so maybe that, that puts a... a bit of an issue into my next question, which is, do you think Hamilton's going to sweep? Maybe not. I actually don't think that Hamilton will win everything it's nominated for. Um, in particular, I think that, uh, best actress in a musical. Yeah. In a lead role. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually going to go to Cynthia Erivo and not Philippa Sue. Um, Cynthia has been a favorite for this basically since the color purple opened. She, she sort of, redefines what strength means in her mm. role. Um, and it, it's, it's a truly standout performance that she gave in the color purple. Um, so I think that, that that's likely a category that will probably go to Cynthia in the color purple. Another one. And I mean, there's a few of the technical categories that I think could very well go to, to someone else. Um, choreography being one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, I think everyone wants Hamilton to do well, but I also think there may be a desire because there are so many nominations for them to spread the love around a little bit and that choreography and maybe some of the technical categories may be where people say, well, Hey, these other shows were great too, because like I said, it was a very strong season overall for a lot of shows. Well, can you tell us a little bit about some of the other musicals that are in the race that maybe aren't getting enough attention? What do you think would have been the big winner in a Hamilton-less year? Uh, so, you know, <laughs> this was the big drama in the last couple of weeks was actually with Shuffle Along. Um, Shuffle Along, or or the making of the musical and cessation of 1921 and all that followed, which <laughs> is a ridiculous name for a show, uh, has been vying desperately hard to get into best revival of a musical category <laughs> because the producers knew that they would not win best musical against Hamilton. And so they've been actively suggesting, so the, the, the musical is about the making of a musical that 
ran on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's got a lot of elements of, an, of a previous show, but there are a lot of new elements intertwined in it too, because it is sort of a different perspective. And ultimately the Tony Awards, uh, committee said no you know this is this is a new musical so they lumped them in that category if if Hamilton did not exist this year I think Shuffle Long would have had an exceptional year um it's it's a great show again very diverse cast Audra McDonald who was not nominated what (laughs) I know it's like um you know Meryl Streep not being nominated if she's in a movie for more than two minutes like it's unheard of but she wasn't she wasn't nominated this year for her role um but that cast i mean it's brian stokes mitchell joshua henry um it's got billy porter you know it's just it's a great cast lots of dancing would have been a a, i think probably a heavy hitter had it not been for the juggernaut that is hamilton this year have you heard at all of anybody holding off their production so that they get into next year's race <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, that that definitely happened this year. Um, there were and and timing it was very difficult for people to figure out when they wanted to open um, because you know Hamilton came onto the scene last summer. You know it it came out very very early, and so everyone was like, well, Hamilton. Everyone knew when it was leaving the public, it was going to do well on Broadway. Um, I don't know that they knew it would be what it is Mm -hmm. but because of that a lot of people moved their openings back to very very late so you know in the last couple of weeks we've had so many shows opening that we're hoping to get in late in the season to be a fresh face in front of the committee and in front of the voters um but there are definitely shows that are waiting until the fall or next spring because they didn't want to be in the same race as Hamilton. Um, but that also opened up some theaters for some, some opportunities for some smaller shows and plays to kind of get in there and and be on the big stage for at least a time. Well, speaking of plays, let's jump over to those categories for a second. What are some of the front runners and some of the things that you really think should be talked about more? So I think, I think plays are even more difficult to, to call this year than musicals. Um, a best play. So <laughs> I think it really comes down to probably Eclipsed or The Humans. Mm-hmm. Humans is actually a, another one that moved from off Broadway to Broadway this year, along with Eclipsed. I personally thought Eclipsed was better. I think it's a very Denai Guerrero's uh, story of of young women embroiled in essentially a civil war in their country and, and the, the, the rape and the violence that they face and how they get through their daily lives with humor and with compassion and with resilience is poignant to say the least. Um, it is, I, for me, it is the must-see play this year. Yeah, well, it won the My Theater Award in New York. Yes, it did. Um, and, and the cast was also given quite a few nominations. Three out of, I believe, five of the women who star in that show got nominations this year, which is just terrific. But I think The Humans has has a very 
good chance of taking it because it's maybe a little more palatable. It's a, uh, it's about sort of a, you know, middle-class family and the struggles that they face. And, um, it, it also has both the elements of a sort of a comedy drama tragedy going on in it. And it's, it's very, very well written. And so I think that it's likely probably, probably going to happen. If I had to pick, I would say it's probably going to go to the humans, although Eclipse still has a shot to win best play. King Charles III was fantastic and such a unique experience in the theater, but I think it's ultimately probably not going to do too well because it has closed already. And Tony voters have a very short memory. So, So um, but overall, I think the plays were, were very, very strong this year too. Something that I've always wondered about the Tony Awards, and I do not expect you to necessarily know the answer to this, um, but why is there no separation between uh, a new play that is being assessed on this is the best new script as opposed to best play, which to me suggests best production, which incorporates all of the categories? Yeah. (laughs) It's a great question. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why... You know, we, we can do best book of a musical and best musical, but <laughs> um, they can't they can't make that distinction for plays. Um, yeah, that's, that's that is a very good question. I never really thought too much about, but I don't know. <laughs> well, see, now I'm super intrigued. <laughs> are you are you planning on attending the award again with the ceremony again this year? Because I know you've gone in the past. Maybe you can ask someone. I was actually at the last three years, so I will not be at the sheer ceremony. I'm not actually even going to be in New York this year um, on the day of the ceremony. But uh, it's uh, it's such a <laughs> real experience <laughs> to go to the Tony Awards and to be there when when everything happens. And and I I definitely think that this year, especially because they they've moved it to a smaller theater this year. It's going to be probably very high energy, very exciting show. Uh, so I definitely recommend people watch this year, and I will certainly be doing that wherever I am in the country. What are your, some of your favorite behind the scenes scoops from attending in previous years? Uh, so it's it's kind of funny. So the first year I went, so I went the last three years. The first year I went, I was just so overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you you're in your the whole day you're spent primping for it, and then you you get in your black car and get in line with everyone else, and and they drop you off in front of the red carpet, and there's just lines of people outside Radio City taking your picture and asking not not like interviews, but just random people taking your picture, <laughs> asking you questions and telling you you look great, um, which is very overwhelming and very nice. I have to say, it was, <laughs> I had fun, um, but. When you go in the theater, you're just surrounded by the entire industry. And the theater community in New York seems large, but it really isn't. Um, it's, it's actually pretty small. And so to be surrounded by that many artistically creative and talented people and producers and all the, the wizards, tech, technological wizards and, and um, you know, the PR people and everyone who works behind the scenes on all the shows, just to have them all come together in one space. You see a lot of people you, you know, and, um, 
the ceremony is, is very heavily curated, as I'm sure you can imagine. And uh, I will say one of the things that you I, obviously you don't get from the screen is because the theater is so jam-packed with producers, they obviously have stakes in the shows, right? They want their shows to win. And they can get very, very upset when they don't. And so I remember last year I was sitting next to one set of producers that apparently were involved with, I think it was um, Something Rotten, and another group that was really involved with Fun Home. And then there were a few others sprinkled around. And I just remember when Janine and Janine Tesori and Lisa Crone won their award for Fun Home, there were a group of three guys next to me that started cursing. They were so angry that their, you know, their show had not won. And one of them got up. He's like, I've got to call one of our investors. And he runs out. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I'm sitting there screaming, like so excited because Fun Home, you know, won this award and Janine and Lisa were finally, you know, given this great recognition. And, and, you know, these guys are just very angry because their show lost. So, (laughs) You see how much is at stake too, because a lot of a lot of the shows that don't win will close uh, mm-hmm. shortly after the awards. So it's it's sort of a, an interesting dynamic. You definitely don't get from you know just watching it on on the screen. Well, and even beyond the Tony Awards, you're no stranger to the theater community and the galas they attend. You were helping to run something last night. Tell us about that event. Yeah, so I'm actually involved with a, a really great organization called Opening Act. Um, it's a nonprofit in New York that provides theater arts, free theater arts after school programming for 36 underserved um, New York City high schools that would essentially have no arts education but for their programming. Um, I'm a social board member, so I'm very heavily involved in the organization. And last night we had our, our 10th annual play reading. Um, it was directed by Tony Award winner Kenny Leon, who um, has, has been very active recently. And I think even more people are, are learning his name, which is great. Uh, the play that, they, that was read was actually Tracy Scott Wilson's The Story. And our cast um, was exceptional this year. We had Celia Keenan-Bolger, Loretta Devine, uh, Aha Naomi King. I hope I pronounced that right. Hmm. She's going to be huge after Birth of the Nation comes out. Um, Dulé Hill, who for this West Wing fan was <laughs> a very exciting person to meet, and Joshua Jackson. Yeah! Uh, I was also there. So it was... <laughs> I they, love him. <laughs> and they, you know, not only did they do a great job at the actual reading, but afterwards they were, you know, very appreciative talking with, with the people that were at the event and talking with the students, which was even more exciting to see, um, to see a bunch of high school students talking to, you know, Dula Hill and Joshua Jackson about their acting experiences through opening act and, and discussing the play was really inspirational. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, to get back quickly, just to the Tony Awards, what do you think were some of the biggest snubs of the year, and who would you replace them with, were you to have your way? Uh, so, I think, one, I, and I don't know that I would necessarily call this a snub, I was a little surprised that Benjamin Walker did not garner a 
Best Actor in a Musical nomination for his work in American Psycho. Um, it was a tight category for Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role in a Musical this year, but American Psycho is a musical that just should not work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, it had everything going against it from the get-go, and it works to some degree only because <laughs> of him. Right. He, you know, Patrick Bateman is not an easy character. You have to be somewhat charming and affable and likable and very attractive. <laughs> um, but you also have to believe that this person is a psychotic possible killer, serial killer. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's just not an easy role. And he does it. He's astounding. Um to watch on stage in this particular particular performance. Uh, to replace him with someone is, is a little more difficult in this category because I, I think Zachary Levi is so charming and she loves me. Um, Dan, Danny Burstein, we already discussed. And then Alex Brightman in School of Rock, which was another show that I went into with very low expectations. And it's actually the one that I send most people to if they have kids because it's a very fun, I think, sharply written show and Alex Brightman really does embody that Jack Black <laughs> sort of dizzying energy that he brought to the movie role. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, if I was going to replace him with someone, it would probably be Zachary Levi and she loves me. Uh, but that's, that's a little harder. The other big snub that I would say is probably uh, to me, the largest one um, is not one that most people would consider, and that's uh, for best choreography. So Spencer Liff did the choreography for Deaf West production of revival production of Spring Awakening earlier in this in the fall, and he essentially created a new way of speaking. You know, he he created a new language. <laughs> He used choreography and American Sign Language and did it in such a way that he could convey so much in just simple movements. Um, it was breathtaking to watch those kids on that stage work with both the deaf actors and, you know, the, the speaking actors who were playing the voices for most of the characters and then the deaf actors would, would be the, the action person. Um, so it was multiple people taking on single roles and to watch them work so fluidly together was just exceptional. You know, it, it was, it was unbelievable. And so I think Spencer Liff really, really should have gotten a nomination for best choreography. And I think maybe just cause the show closed, you know, months ago. And mm -hmm. um, that was another instance of the committee sort of forgetting what had happened. Um, Which is also strange because didn't the original Spring Awakening win choreography, even though it was mostly jumping? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's so bizarre. Well, and I was about to say we, mostly jumping. I, on your feet, obviously there was a lot of dancing in it, but let's be fair, it's not hard to choreograph a conga to the song conga. <laughs> You know, that's, and that's, that's, that's what happened. Right. Um, so it was a heavy dancing show, but as far as the unique sort of 
boundary pushing choreography i really think that that spencer lift deserved a nod for his work uh monster awakening right certainly we have to reward creativity yeah Um, Another person you had mentioned to me, I know uh, if any of our listeners read your reviews regularly, one of your most glowing reviews recently was for The Crucible, and I was surprised to see they didn't get that many nominations. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think I think the Crucible's lack of nominations might actually have a little bit to do with Ivo Van Hove, who was the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was everywhere this yeah. season, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing because he's he's brilliant, um, and and he has a lot. He's a very uh, distinct artistic eye, and you can tell all of his you, his shows are very similar in sort of their appearance and there are there are definite artistic elements that are just hope and <laughs> so he so he had a view from the bridge which i think was probably his best work this season he also did lazarus off broadway um which was the david bowie musical right that, um came out earlier this year and then he you know wrapped it up with the crucible so he had three big big shows in new york city um and i think that the Crucible, some people were a little less enthused by maybe the casting be a little younger mm-hmm. than they thought it would be, um, which I think Ben Wishaw um, probably deserved a nomination, although his category was really full of heavy hitters this year. Right. Um, which which may be why he was left out. But he was also, a lot of people thought he was a little young for the role that he took on as Proctor. Right, yeah. It's usually a man in his 40s or 50s, isn't it? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he, he he did it so well. And I think his youth was, was very, sort of brought a very fresh perspective to what was sort of a cutting edge design for the crucible too, because of Ho's vision. So I don't think it was out of place and I'm glad that it got a best play nomination, um, for revival. I think that's, that's definitely warranted. Um, and it did, it did get a few other nods as well. Um, it's, it's, I think it's still a must see for this season. Um, it's one that I recommend to most people when they, ask for play recommendations and it's going to be running for the next few months too so you know if people are in new york i think that that's that's sort of that's a really great option especially when you compare it to long day's journey and tonight which um uh, i was not that happy with <laughs> that was it's it's a three hour and 40 minute slog mm-hmm. um which has great elements there are some beautiful monologues in that show but it's just it drags on and it could have used an editor (laughs) it's probably scandalous to say you know Um, I find with that show it's one of those things where it is so long and if it's done really well you don't notice yeah but when you know when it's not done perfectly you're like no one is entitled three hours and 40 minutes of my time ever under any circumstances exactly exactly and it's it's a little bit bizarre to me that got as many nominations as it did because it, it didn't get, a, I mean, it got an okay reception from critics, but I think the general attitude was there were, you know, both in acting and in design, it, it wasn't exemplary um, for Long Day's Journey and Tonight, yet they, they still got three acting award nominations. Well, Jessica Lang, right? It's at a certain point, it's it's almost like the Meryl Streep effect, that idea of, well, so-and-so's on Broadway, they must get a nomination. Yes. 
Um, I, I, oh, I, I don't think that she'll win that award. I uh, wasn't terribly surprised that she got nominated, although I, I don't think that Long Day's Journey was, was the best play this season. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. So what else do we need to know about this year's race before the ceremony on June 12th? You know, I, I think the important thing to know is that there are a lot of there's a lot more than Hamilton to this Broadway season, which I go back to again and again. And it's so easy to sing Hamilton's praises. And I think everyone is sort of, it's all you hear about. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because there are a lot of terrific options right now, both in plays and in musicals. So I think going into the Tony Awards, watching the Tony Awards for, not just Hamilton, but for exposure to all of the other exceptional creative pieces that were part of the Broadway community this year is, is really what people should be kind of focused on when they go to watch the ceremony um, and to definitely watch the ceremony and s- support Broadway and, and regional theater you know, there's, there's other awards, including educational awards that are given out. Um, and the regional theater, this award this year went out to the, um, paper mill playhouse, uh, which is a great regional theater company that, that does a lot of exceptional work too. So, um, there, there's a lot more to the Tony awards than just Hamilton this year, despite our, um, tagline of the Hamiltonies. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Teresa. I'm looking forward to the ceremony, and I can't wait to read more of your reviews going up to the date. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks a lot. So that's it for the latest episode of the My Entertainment World podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. The podcast is now on iTunes, so be sure to check us out there. Subscribe, rate, review, all that kind of great stuff. Uh, also, stay tuned to the website proper. It's myentertainmentworld.ca. Uh, we're on Twitter at MyAntWorld, Facebook, Pinterest, all of those sort of things. Uh, we have some great episodes coming up for you shortly, so be sure to stay tuned. And thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Have a great night. Shadow shot. There's a million things I haven't done.